told our children that are receiving First Communion before uh, this Mass that uh, as nervous as they are, I'm probably more nervous and they think I'm joking, and I really am. I don't know why I'm nervous. It's been a while since I've had First Communions, and it is so good to see uh, so many uh, receiving First Communion today. But uh, I was reminded of something that happened when my sister was about five, and she's eight years younger than me or something like that. She was afraid of the dark. And she, as terrified as she was, we tried, my, my mom and, and uh, grandma tried everything they could, and at one point my grandma reminded her, my grandma being very Catholic, what well, Jesus is always with you. And my sister, without missing a beat, said, but I want Jesus with flesh on. Well, grandma gave her a little glow-in-the-dark statue of Jesus that was almost as good. But I found myself reflecting on that yesterday at uh, the daily Mass. We had the story of Jesus walking on the water and, and telling the, the disciples are terrified. They're in the boat and it's storming. They're terrified and they didn't cry out in, in the gospel we had yesterday, but the parallel in the other gospels, it is a ghost. And today we have that same kind of idea as Jesus appears to them, it's a ghost. And notice this should terrify all of us. Jesus doesn't say, oh, come on, there's no such thing as ghosts. Instead, he says, do not be afraid, it is I. I have flesh and blood. See, I have flesh and blood. A ghost does not have flesh and blood. I am Jesus with flesh on, he would be saying. That we don't have to be afraid. I love this gospel passage, and I love the gospel of Luke in general, but it follows on the heels of what we would hear if we were in cycle A. Uh, last year you heard this as you were at home or whatever, wherever you were. It's the whole account of the road to Emmaus. Cleopas and his companion were walking home to Emmaus that first Easter Sunday. They were discussing things, Jesus comes up to them, veiled from their sight. What are you talking about? Are you the only one in Jerusalem that doesn't know what happened in these last days? What things? If anyone knew, it was Jesus. And they start telling, well, Jesus Christ, who we thought was the Messiah, the Lord, was crucified, put to death, buried. Now the third day, and, and some women came back to us with astounding news that the tomb is empty. <laughs> I keep wondering, what were they doing leaving town? They knew something important had happened. But Jesus begins to explain what happened to them from the scriptures, the Old Testament. And it says later that their hearts were burning within them. That they began to understand the scriptures. They began to understand that all of this had to happen the way it did because this is the way God had planned it from the beginning. And though it was evening, Jesus acted as if he were going on further. He had another appearance to make, no pun intended. And they said, oh, stay with us. Day is almost done. Evening has come. And so Jesus went in, and while there, he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. He broke it. That, that verb that in Greek 
In English, breaking, we use breaking in a lot of things. We break fast. We break toys. We break promises. We break all sorts of things. But in the Greek, this word for break is only used in the Eucharist, the things that invoke the Eucharist, and as yesterday, with the breaking of, or the Friday, I guess it was, the story of the multiplication of the loaves, how Jesus took bread and he broke it. It all hints towards the Eucharist. With that, Cleopas and his eyes, his companion's eyes were opened. They saw Jesus, but Jesus disappeared. Though he had flesh on, he was able to disappear. And they rushed back those seven miles to Jerusalem. I keep remarking, I I think they made it in probably record time. Probably an hour. They rushed back and they, we've seen the Lord. And that's where we pick up. And Jesus appears to them while they're sharing that story. And they can't believe it. Even though they see flesh and blood, even though they see Jesus has a body. We might ask, well, why are the authors of the Gospels, the evangelists, so insistent on Jesus having a body? Because even then, the world denied the goodness of the body. Yeah, while it is true that this body falls apart, our first communicants probably don't know that, don't, haven't experienced that fully yet, just wait about 30 years, when the aches and pains start to come, when uh, during retreat, our retreat master kept hinting, you know, at my age, if I had fallen, would have fallen in the days of Jesus, I'd be done. Yeah, it's true. Our bodies fail. This last year, we've seen what a little virus can do to the body. We're prone to this. But despite all of that, the body is still good. It's not evil. It needs transformation. And that's what Christ's resurrection does. Does for himself and does and promises for us. But they still can't believe. Lots of modern authors have spent lots of time on this little baked piece of baked fish. What does that mean? Why, why does Jesus ask for fish? You know, a resurrected body doesn't need food. Why did Jesus ask for fish? And I think it comes a very simple answer. There's a rule. If the simplest answer that answers the question is often the best answer. I think the simplest answer is Jesus ate the, bread, ate the fish to prove that he's flesh and blood. Just like last week we heard of Jesus standing in front of Thomas and saying, Go ahead, Thomas. Put your finger in the nail marks, put your hand to my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Now he takes fish and eats it to make them, allow them to believe, to help them come to that deeper belief. And he does the same thing with the disciples as he did with Clopas and his companion. He opens up the scriptures. What we have between the road to Emmaus and this Today's passage is the first Mass. The first Mass after the crucifixion, of course. Jesus said the Last Supper gave the Eucharist, told them, do this in memory of me, a commandment, by the way. As we hear in today's second reading, we need to keep God's commandments. And the commandments aren't just the Ten Commandments, but 
to worship him, to receive him in the Eucharist. But that Eucharist was yet a foretaste. It's fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Christ. That what you receive as First Communion today, what all of us receive as we receive communion, is the very same body and blood, soul and divinity that stood in front of the disciples that first Easter Sunday. Well, certainly not in the same way, and we don't see him with our eyes. But he is Jesus with flesh on. That he gives himself to us in sacrament. It's an important remembrance. I've been, as I've been talking to our second graders at St. Edwards, our, our uh, um, faith formation, or religious ed students probably haven't heard this yet, but it's important for all of us to hear again, that when we receive the Eucharist, it causes communion, a coming together with. And it's a coming together with not only Jesus. See, communion is not just a Jesus and me moment. It's coming together with all who come together with. It's a Jesus and we moment. And then not only those here at this Mass, but we receive communion with those that will be at the 1030 Mass this morning. And not only that, but those that receive communion this day in Rome, Africa, Asia, South America, if there's a Mass in Antarctica. And not only that, but those that received the Eucharist yesterday, a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, those that received the Eucharist next year, and ten years, a hundred years, until Jesus comes back. And when Jesus comes back, the Mass ceases, because, because we have not the sign, but the reality of Jesus Christ present. That this Mass is a cosmic, as St. Paul, John Paul II would say, a cosmic affair that involves all of time and space. That it enters us in, makes us have communion with all who believe. As much as my sister was terrified of the dark, at five years old, she didn't quite understand this concept. That even as my grandmother gave her that little statue, my grandmother was, in a way, Jesus with flesh on for her. My mother was Jesus with flesh on for her. Because the Eucharist makes us the body of Christ. It makes us the church. It makes us one with each other. It is a great day, not only because the weather is nice, not only because we see the, hopefully, the near end of this pandemic, not only because you're all dressed so nice. This is a great day because this is the first time you have communion with the church, communion with Christ. It's the first time, in a sacramental way, you receive Jesus with flesh.